Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You are listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 30. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at podnuts.com slash ctg. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, excuse me, channel uh, coming up because I might be doing some day-to-day shows. I also have some how-tos and um, other relevant Outlook and Office 365 information. This show is about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365, Microsoft migrations, and other technically entertaining stories I can share from my past week, or in today's case, the last two days. (laughs) Please remember, if you need help learning Office 365 or Outlook, I am available for hire by the hour or project. I also give tech discounts for Outlook help which this week I think proved other people do need help. I got a lot of calls from listeners and I got a few emails. So I'm glad everybody's kind of getting on the bandwagon there of needing to learn or to outreach because um, one thing I want to just remind folks before we jump into my stories from the week is, and this is really kind of critical with Outlook is um, you want to make sure that you never delete anything. <laughs> Deleting an Outlook is bad. I kind of made a rule some time ago that if, if a client wants something deleted, they have to hit the delete button. I'm not going to do it because I just, I just have been burned before. So if you're in Outlook and someone's like, yeah, delete that folder, well, you make them delete the folder. If you see a PST file that needs to be deleted for whatever reason, have them deleted. Um, OST files as well. And another tip is you don't want to delete a profile almost ever. I mean, I'm talking, I never delete them ever at all because there's data and settings in those profiles. And I think that um, a lot of technicians think that deleting a profile helps Outlook be fixed, but really, it doesn't. You just need to have a, uh, the correct profile. So, and also don't, uh, the other tip I have before I get going is to always back up if you are not sure what you're doing. Uh, if you're working with somebody uh, doing ca- uh, calendar and contacts, just save yourself, you know, some stress. Back up the calendars and contacts before you do any work because if things go missing later, you can restore them. And I've had a few jobs this week where uh, it, it saved my butt that I backed them up and I just do it anyway, but I was like, hoo thankful I made that rule. Okay, let's see what we got here, folks. Uh, before we get going, I want to have, excuse me, I have a big announcement. Um, in the last, I don't know, seven or eight shows, many of you have been listening, uh, heard me talk about App River. And what we did with these seven or eight shows was I was basically testing the sponsorship with them. And they have asked me if they can be my sponsor for all of 2016. So I thank you all for calling and talking to my reps and signing up with them. They actually said we have definitely noticed and we want to do all year. So for that, that means I have to do more shows, you guys. That means I got to get on my game, stop fiddling around, and start cranking these shows out 
at least once a week because I think that is what I should be doing. <laughs> but if I can do more, heck I will. Okay, so I'd like to take a moment to thank our new show sponsor, AppRiver, web and email security specialist. AppRiver offers phenomenal Office 365 sales and support. They have been my preferred vendor for all my clients for two years, and I, well, almost three, and I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you have listened to my past shows, you've heard me speak about them. If you want to talk to my rep, you can call Steve Harris at, or excuse me, email him, sharris at appriver.com. And just a little tip on that is I use AppRiver uh, for all my exchange accounts, and I don't do a lot of Office 365 setup uh, with them, mostly exchange, but on occasion the clients you know, do have to buy the, the, the full suite, so they buy it through them. And uh, um, I'm not sure what I was saying. I'm sorry I had a brain fart for a second. Anyway, uh, pretty much you can become a reseller or a partner. And I'm a partner, so it means I earn commission. Reseller means you pick the prices based upon what they give you, and then you sell it for whatever you want. I choose to not do the invoicing option. I don't want to deal with that. Okay, who this week besides me had tons of Outlook people calling because Outlook was booting into safe mode? Yes, Windows again had another update that crashed out 2010, which I think they had one two weeks ago that it happened as well. And uh, this time, the update booted into safe mode and caused kind of some havoc with Outlook. And I got one call on Wednesday about it, I think, maybe even late Tuesday. And, you know, until you know what's going on, you kind of have to wing it and troubleshoot it. Luckily... I was on TechNibble, <laughs> and I read a, a thread about it, and I was like, instantly, before I even got into troubleshooting, I was like, thank God. That is why hanging out on the forums pays off sometimes, you know? Someone out there is talking about it, and it's hard to keep up with Windows updates and the problems they have because sometimes they do just affect one thing, like a certain version of Outlook 2010. Didn't affect any other ones, just that one. So I had a lot of calls for that, and um, basically the fix is to uh, system restore it. You could try uninstalling the update, rebooting, and doing the updates again, but I didn't have success with that. And then also, um, I think upgrading was a good answer for some of my people. They needed to do it anyway because they were email hoarding, and it was a good choice. <laughs> okay. Another thing that happened this week was the release uh, I saw through a technician um, who's a, a listener of the show. Him and I have done a couple jobs together, and he sent me an email. And I just have had a busy week, so I don't have all the time sometimes to keep up with all these little things. But he said, look, Live.com is setting up as Exchange in my Outlook. Have you heard of this? And I was like, no, not yet. And... We started digging into it, and he sent me a couple links that said, yeah, basically old live.com, which, you know, that's like eight, nine years old. And MSNs, Hotmail, and Outlook.com are all getting put on Exchange. And it used to be, I believe, Exchange ActiveSync or ActiveSync, but apparently they're pushing it to be Exchange servers. So what, um, you know, back in the day, it was uh, Mappy. And now it might actually say exchange there. Now, of course, it's not a business domain branded exchange, 
but for free, I've been doing this anyway for people. Outlook.com is a pretty nice free exchange server for people uh, to get off that clunky iCloud and other third-party apps. And especially if they're like just needing it for calendar and contact syncing, it works great. So, um, you know, I'll tell you though, it still takes me an hour or two to do the setup for people. It's not something that's just so quick because you have to export all the contacts and calendars and Outlook.com is sticky enough where you just can't import it in. You have to go do it on the browser. And actually, um, I talked about this on a couple shows ago. You have to save the calendar as an ICS file and it's it takes time. So I definitely, if someone calls in and wants that set up, I say it's gonna be an hour or two and if your outlook gives me problems expect two hours because it could it could take that much but so that should be rolling out here soon so you might be getting some calls for that which you know I'm all for it to me it's it's a residential usually um, most of the time but sometimes businesses you know have it, it all depends on what they do and um, Okay, well, I'm kind of excited for that for the holiday season here, but I wasn't excited about those Windows updates, but I stomached through them. A couple of my stories this week do talk about some other updatey problems. Okay, you guys, I just got to say in the last two to three days, when it rains, it pours. You know how that goes. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. This week was so nuts. The problems that came up. And they're, and they're good ones, good learning, I call it. First, we're going to talk about the irony of things. Um, long story short, a client called in. They saw one of my YouTube videos. They said, hey, I can't do what you did in the video, so can you fix it? I said, yes. It was about a 30-minute job, done and done. And then the client wanted to tune-up, so they did the tune-up. My text did. And um, a few days later, the client said, hey, I'm having another problem with Outlook. Do you mind helping? I'm happy to pay. And I said, sure. And now, right there, I should have done what? Yeah, I should have done a process for booking the appointment again. He was not a prepaid client. And what happened was Lisa was really super nice and said, sure, remote it in, help the client for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Got the solution for the client, which was not something I could do. It was something he had to do. But either way, I helped him find this. I didn't even think of talking about the bill, credit card, whatever. I mean, that's stupid. That is stupid. That is why I just want all my clients on prepay. Because then that would have been easy to go update this ticket. But instead, I had to email him. And I said, okay, sorry, I didn't talk to you about the bill. I'm going to just charge you for my 20 minutes, which is not standard and I don't do this normally but I will allow it this time and so I have your credit card on file can I bill it and uh, <laughs> he actually said I don't know why I need to pay you you didn't do anything I had to call the the vendor <laughs> I'm like oh that really just sucked that he didn't value my time helping him find the solution even though I wasn't the one to give the answer and uh, I'll just let you guys know, you know what? I'm a woman. I'm emotional. And I just start crying. And I was really just pissed at myself for not doing the appropriate thing and saying, get on my schedule, put down your credit card again, and following my own process, which no matter what, you can say, I'm never going to do that again 
but you do do it again because you trust somebody when they said they're happy to pay and you knew it would be a quick thing. And I, I was just so mad at myself for not following the process, which, you know, of course, strengthens the process when you fail. But, um, okay, so here comes the irony of the best part of the story. <laughs> so, okay, I, I didn't even reply back to him. I just sat there and for like an hour I was just angry and upset going, so I get an email from my tech and he's like, hey, uh, FYI, because I had told him, look, the client didn't feel this was a value add, so let's just keep an eye on this, you know? I mean, who knows? So anyway, I get an email from my tech saying, hey, this guy just emailed in and said uh, his other technician had to do a system restore and wondering if it would affect the tune-up that we did like a few days before. I'm like, what? I just talked to the guy two hours ago. In fact, he was glowing about the tune-up as part of the, the time we were on the phone. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. So I actually, before I responded to the no pay, I responded to the client and was like, you know, look, you just told me two hours ago how happy you were with things. What happened in two hours that you had to have a system restore done? Because I wanted to make sure this wasn't something from before and maybe he was unhappy about. And, and he wrote me back and said, well, my now I know this is an Outlook thing, but he didn't know this, I don't think. But something in his email after the vendor helped him threw up a, uh, a certificate error. And he sent me a picture of it. And said, this is what popped up. And I'm like, oh, that's a, you know, an email standard certificate error. But I didn't tell him that. And he said, so I called my other technician who told me to do a computer restore. And I'm like, what? I, uh, okay. I don't know if the tech wasn't listening or didn't ask enough questions. But, I mean, I just don't throw out system restore for everyday little little snags like that. And so system restore to me is a Windows issue. But maybe the, the tech didn't know. I mean, there's no blame here, and I'm just telling a story. But the point is, is I was like, wow. He had the system restore done. So I said, well, when was that? And it was um, oh, well, the restore. He went to, I think, before the tune-up. Yeah, he went to the time before the tune-up. So the tune-up would have been wiped out. And then... He said, well, now I'm getting black screens, and he started sending me pictures of his computer. It was doing boot loops and blue screening, and I'm like, whoa, pretty scary. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm glad I didn't touch that computer because, I, I mean, back in the day when I had a store, and I just hated blue screens because I, you know, blue screen panic. And I was like, yeah. Okay, so basically... Um, he asked if I could help, and again he said, happy to pay. I'm like, hmm, you weren't happy to pay me last time, which was two hours ago. So I was like, I don't know what I want to do about this, you know. And I had to think about it. And so then I, uh, I, I thought about it long and hard, and I was like, you know what? I mean, no offense, but... I didn't do this to this guy. He didn't want to pay me for the last job. And and he, you know, was kind of emailing saying, look, I really need help. And I, I, I waited till the next morning and I said, um, you know what? I think you should call the tech who, who told you to do that restore and have him fix it because 
I, we don't want to touch it. I don't know what happened. I mean, it's remote. I don't know anything. And I mean, I just don't know. So uh, that's, here's the thing, irony at its best, you know, he don't want to pay. Then he has all these problems. And I'm like, I don't trust that he would have paid me. If, what if we could, what if we spent two hours on this and we couldn't fix it? Then he wouldn't pay us at all. And I have a try fee, of course, but you know what I mean? So that to me, um, this is a little long in the tooth story, but to me, it totally made me readjust like how quick things can go bad. And I'm going to try again, my hardest to not help people without that credit card and that expectation that you're paying if I'm helping you. Okay, now I had another client who was actually a friend of mine from the old days. And so he turned into a client that day when he called. But you know how networking is? You you know people through, you know, social networking and, you know, life and stuff. And he runs a uh, managed service business up in Minneapolis. And he was like, hey, you got a few minutes? <laughs> now... I do sometimes have a few minutes between appointments and I like to help people. So like I said, feel free to call me if you need help and I'll jump in if I can. And I said, yeah, you know what? I can help. So what happened was one of his clients, their outlook would not open. Now this was not part of the windows update because they had outlook 2013. So, you know, the technician was actually, uh, his tech was actually on site. So the tech was on site. He patched us all together. And I already know Outlook pretty much to the point when if it doesn't open, I know how to get it to open and figure out what's wrong. And in 20 minutes, I had it fixed up and cleaned up and optimized and happy as a clam. And, you know, friend scratching back stuff, I would have been like no sweat. But I, I did say to him, you know, hey, if, uh, if you need me, why don't you buy a support ticket? And then you have me on very cheap retainer for these kind of issues for whatever, because Outlook can be snaggy. And he goes, yeah, no problem. Well, then I went back to the technician on the phone and uh, the client was like, well, that's all fixed, but my iCloud is still not working. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know we had iCloud involved. And I said, ooh, okay, so we have to fix that. And I said, and that's gonna probably take an hour. So of course, because I'm working with the tech, you know, my friend who's a technician, I don't talk prices with the client. I called him back and had to get approval and said, I can do it. It's going to take an hour. And he's like, well, bill me because I bill them. And I'm like, that's cool. And, you know, so um, j just a heads up to people that the iCloud uh, with some versions of Outlook, especially for sure, 16, I'm quite sure, it just doesn't work. And if you can get it to work, great. I've yet to, I, don't believe I've ever configured it to work. So I put people on the outlook.com and switch, do a full rework and take them off and put them into the outlook.com from the iCloud, which again, you're dealing with two different platforms of data. The iCloud is a lot different than outlook.com and it's all different from outlook. So it's, it's some work to do that. But, um, to me, that was a nice Passover. I felt I handled it appropriately, which was, you know, respect the client and their expectations and the technician who referred the work and it all worked out great. And to me, I was happy as a clam because I was expecting half, <laughs> I think about, I don't know, three fourths of the way done setting it up. She was like, well, you know, we have my computer next. 
And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I thought this was it <laughs> because I quoted him an hour. So then, thank goodness, we went on to her computer and her iCloud was still working. And I was like, oh, lady, we are not moving you over. If, if it ain't broke, I ain't breaking it again. <laughs> because really, it would have been just, you know, senseless. So we put her husband's on Outlook.com and she stayed on iCloud. So there you go. I was glad I didn't have to do two hours, but I didn't know. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work having to do all that setup anyway. Okay, my next favorite job this week was an emergency call I got two days ago. Clyde uh, said, this is an emergency. I'm like, what's going on, you know? And they said, well, our tasks are missing. Now I'm like, okay. So there's probably somewhere and, um, they're like, well, we had a computer crash and everything came back except the tasks. And I said, okay. And he said, and I use them every day. They're very important. And I said, sure, no problem. So I get remoted in, I do my usual spot checking and the tasks are not there, but I did find, um, a kind of a critical thing that was wrong that I do when I do my quote doctor exam unquote of Outlook is that his, his uh, mailbox folder in Outlook was about 16.5 gigs. The OST file, now this is a trick for you guys to know when something's corrupted and data is missing. The OST file was 29 gigs, which is obviously 13.5 or 13 some larger. So when the OST file doesn't match the folder in Outlook, there's definitely corruption. So to me, I already, ex <laughs> I gave this guy the expectations of this is going to be a one to three hour job right away. Here's what we have to do. And here's the to-do list. And I said, if you approve, I'll get going. So it was actually, he was the um, operations manager and it was for the owner. So the owner approves it because these tasks are very important and I get it. But then this is where the problems start. And this is kind of the stuff that you just don't know what's going to happen when you take a job on. You just don't know what's going to happen. And as soon as I get the computer, I was like, yeah, no, no problem. I'm just going to go back up that OST file first, which I always do because I'm not going to use the real OST just in case. So I leave that alone. I make a copy, put it in a different uh, directory. And all of a sudden I was in the middle of copying it and it says, you're out of space. And I'm like, what? Now look, C drive is redlining. It's pretty much on a heart attack level. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do anything because normally before I even uh, do anything with this kind of situation, I go to pre-op. I back up the current exchange first and then do the OST copy or whatever. It doesn't matter. But I couldn't do either because there was no space. And I needed 16 gigs for the good exchange and I needed 30 for the other one. So I'm like, I need 56 gigs and this hard drive is only 228. And I'm like, oh man, so what are we going to do? Okay, so then we go to the next step. Let's get an external hard drive. Well, that took them a while to round one up. Okay, we plug it in. Nothing pops up. External drive is not popping up. Now I'm seeing... It show it pops up, but it won't pop up. And remember, I haven't been techie in a while. I mean, like, you know, Windows techie, and I just feel uh, um, 
I just, you know, was kind of like on the spot, like, okay, Lise, put on your troubleshooting hat. So I asked the guy, like, what kind of external hard drive did you get? And he's like, well, I went to the Apple store and I bought one there and it says it's for Mac and PC. And I'm like, oh, on, you know what? This is messed up. Like, why wouldn't it show up? And I looked in the disk management and I could see it there. I just didn't know what was going on. But I was like, it's showing up. Okay, it's time to RTFM. <laughs> and, I, and I haven't had to do that in a while. So I went online, I found this drive, and you know what? I had to format it for the PC, which, you know, I'm not dumb. And luckily I did it quick, but I was like getting my, you know, troubleshooting hat on. And I, I, and I have to laugh because the guy, I start doing the formatting. And as soon as I hit the command prompt, he goes, oh, are you an engineer? <laughs> and I, I kind of was like, well, today I am. <laughs> I just felt weird because I wasn't knowing what I was doing and I was hoping I wasn't going to mess it up. And, yep, I finally got it formatted. And then I'm looking in the computer and there's hardly any documents. And I'm like, how is this hard drive so full? I mean, there's nothing in there. So I look around and I see Dropbox is about to choke itself to death. He's <laughs> So I'm like, okay. We have a problem there. And then I start looking around and I'm like, okay, so I need to disable all the Dropbox from booting up with the computer. So once we got that issue cleaned up, then I could actually get to the repairs. So then I, uh, I gave the hard drive about 93 gigs or so. So I had plenty of room to play and I backed up the exchange. So I had a very safe copy. Now that to me, I always back up because to me, just being safe just feels so wonderful that no matter what, I have a backup. So I did that, got the OST, I moved the OST to a directory, then I downloaded the OST repair tool from Stellar, and uh, last night went to bed and started that repair, woke up this morning, and it was starting to bring down all the data. Now, there was a ton of corrupted data in there. But the client really was just like, get me the tasks. And I said, thank God, because, you know, it would have taken all day to repair that file. I mean, probably into the night again. And so I just extracted out the tasks and they were all there. Plus some, everything he's ever deleted in the tasks were there as well. And uh, I merged them into his server task list. And the only, the only uh, casualty of that was his categories were gone. And I said to him, man, look, I can't do anything about that. I can't, I mean, the tool extracted out what it could and, and I'm, 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 I'm happy, you know, that that's there. And I considered it a job well done, but it was definitely a three hour billable job. Um, and you know what? I, I kind of had to stick my arm out a little extra last night because the, the client was leaving on a trip and I kind of knew he was needing this. So I definitely worked on a Friday night which is part of my new 24 by seven mentality. And uh, I was like, what the heck, I'm, I gotta do it, you know? I gotta help this guy out, and I did. So that one actually, I, I put in uh, 7 a.m. to about 10 p.m. last night, on and off, all day long. It was, it was kind of a lot of work, but not with just that one job, but all day. All right, and then I have the poor lady that I'm gonna call, um, I think she got jinxed somehow with her technology. I'm not exactly sure what happened to her. She called me a couple weeks ago, 
uh, wanted to move to exchange. She told me she had a bad experience. I said, I hear you. A lot of people have the, the first bad experience till you get somebody that knows what they're doing, which I was like, which is me. Mm, okay. I feel silly. The first 50 minutes I helped her, we couldn't even get Office downloaded, which she was just having tech struggles, and I was too. And But we talked a lot during that time. So to me, she'd already signed up for a migration. So 50 minutes, okay, fine, whatever. Then, because she's on old, outdated stuff with her, you know, I talked about this last show. But anyway, the point is, is that it took us about two or three hours to find out that we really can't get into her, her DNS website control panel, which I've told that part. Then she said, well, this was on Thursday. We at least please... Let's get the Outlook installed so I can upgrade. And I said, fine. We're going to back up first, which that went pretty easy. And we could not install the Outlook again, or excuse me, Office. And I did all the troubleshooting. I installed all the different stuff. And I was not in any way going to remove her Outlook 2007 because that's all she had. And I, I kept telling her preventively, I can't even remove that because if your computer there's something wrong and it won't let us reinstall it let's just say I'm not touching that and I just felt so bad for her because she's everything we've done I, I've I've really much I just had to say to her I'm really sorry but you you know I'm not saying you need a new computer I'm just saying that you should call Microsoft at this point to get that installed because I spent another hour trying to get that thing installed and I couldn't. And I tried every which way but loose. But I was not going to uninstall the old version, which they might have her do. But they are going to be responsible for that, not me. But I did tell her at the end, she's like, wow, I, I'm just going to say this honestly. She's like, so I'm out all this money for you to not do a migration all this time. And I'm like, I know, honey. I said, I'm going to help you, though. Till, the, till we get stuff done. I will even call Microsoft, let them remote in and do stuff. But, I mean, I just can't be responsible for this. I, I'm just, like, at a loss, especially when it's their product I'm trying to install, which I don't know, you know, their deep ins and outs of their stuff. So, you know, I, I did the right thing. I managed the expectations, and that's what I think is important in this story. Another client this week I had was interesting uh, to say that I did a consult for them, um, I don't know, a couple months ago, and uh, they opted to not hire me to do the migration. I got a call from them, and they said, well, we already did the migration with another company, but we'd like you to fix a few problems that our entire team is having. <laughs> I was like, oh, Really? I was kind of like bummed out that they didn't hire me to do the migration, but I get the call to do the aftercare, which I'm glad I get the, the aftercare calls, no doubt. And then they're really good clients, but you know what? I just kind of, you know, it was kind of one of those things that, um, I didn't get a warning for one thing. Cause if I happened to be super slam busy and if they would have said, look, is this a good time for you? That's what I would have preferred, you know, to get that little heads up call. Like, you know, hey, we're going to do that migration next week. Are you available? You know, so I would have at least known because I was pretty busy these last few days. And so these people from the company were calling me and I just sent the, the company out an email and said, look, just use my scheduler. That's the best way because at this point, me taking the calls, I already know nobody has the same problems 
at this company. So I just need to just schedule just appointments, I guess. So anyway, that was a, uh, it was a nice, uh, I've got about, oh, I don't know, probably third of the team done. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be a good eight hour job and I love those. So even though I didn't get one part of the job, I did get the other part, the fine tuning and aftercare, which is easy stuff for me. All right, then I had another lady. Oh my God, it just seemed like hell week. Honestly, it was it was pretty, just all just two day time. It was pretty crazy. So the lady that um, oh well, let's just say it. I had a consult with her two months ago as well, and uh, you know because she was a past client, I did the consult for free, which. By the way, I'm not going to do any more. Uh, no more free consults. Mm, no. But I gave her a full entire roadmap of what she needed to do in 30 minutes for her company, a small, small firm. And she calls me and says, well, I've been on the phone with Comcast for hours and I'm about to beat myself up because I'm just so exhausted. I need your help. And then I was like, wait. Do you hired, do you, you signed up for Comcast exchange service? She's like, yeah. And I said, did that sales guy talk you into that? I go, didn't we have a consult about that? I mean, I, I had to think about it, you know? She goes, yeah, I know. And I'm like, this is what happens is, is I think I need to actually drill it into my client's heads is say no until you check with me because when you have a problem with Comcast, you, A, are never going to talk to the same person twice. B, I guarantee you're going to be on the phone for an hour each call. It's just like calling AT&T with those stupid people. You just can't get anywhere because you have to repeat the story. And I told her, I, or what I was saying is, I just don't understand like when people even call other big companies like GoDaddy and they call for one thing and they get talked into a huge migration with you know, there's salesperson that's like, yeah, we'll do it all for free and it's hands off for you. And, and I just, I wish people would stop and go, you know, maybe I should talk to my tech or maybe I should talk to my IT company about that first, because if, if she would have just let me do it, it, and it, well, I don't think it was the money thing. I think she actually got talked into it by the sales rep. Oh yeah, it'll be easy. We'll take care of you. No problem. Oh well, anyway, I spent an hour, maybe a half, trying to get her DNS settings to update so I could do auto discover. No, never could get it to set up. And it didn't set up on my computer. I couldn't get it on hers. And the settings were perfect. And I know that if we try to call into Comcast, nobody there is going to be able to give us the accurate settings. Because why do I know that? Because I've already tried to do that in the past. And it's called good luck. If you get the right person that knows, because they don't know what they're doing there. You know, they got 2,000 people manning the phones that don't know anything about your problem. They definitely don't know Outlook. And why is that? Because Comcast should know cable. They have no business selling email services to their people except maybe the free Comcast.net. They shouldn't be even doing exchange. To me, that's a disservice to their clients because they can't support it. I'm going to blog about that this week, how much I hate Comcast for email. Otherwise, I'm happy with their, their you know, cable service. 
So anyway, now I have an appointment with her on Monday to try to wrangle this this uh, wrangle this situation together again. And you know, the thing is, is that with that client, I actually didn't even book a regular appointment. I just thought it'd be a quick DNS setting thing, and poof, would be done. Didn't turn out that way. Yeah, I think I think I need to stop thinking things are going to be quick. <laughs> they never are. <laughs> never, never. Okay, another couple things I had this week, which um, you guys got to keep in mind that that uh, a lot of people, if they get a new Outlook or they get a new computer or they change profiles or whatever the case, they love their address book, they call it. And it's not really the address book, it's the auto cache. Two clients this week, I had to help find their old address books. And it's definitely not in the contacts list, it's just the previous people they've emailed. So, um, I actually have, I always back that up now, no matter what, I just strictly go and make a copy of it. So I have it in case anything happens. And, um, I think I said in the last show, uh, what I'm just going to reiterate is just keep that with people and don't delete that ever because that to them is their gold. <laughs> if they can't find those people again, they get really sad that they have to start over. And, um, it's the NK2 file as well. It's that or the auto stream Streaming autocomplete, I think it's called. Okay. And I think that is the big stories. Um, let's see. Checking my notes here. I had a uh, listener call in, or not call in, email, and asked if I would talk about Outlook tunips and what I do. So thank you, Phil. That is the topic of the show this week. Now, an Outlook tune-up, generally, people don't hire me to do tune-ups. I thought it's a service I could sell. I thought, oh, this will be the biggest thing ever, and no. People only need tune-ups when their computer isn't working. So with Outlook, me helping is like equal to a tune-up. So here's what I do when I help people no matter what, and I just do it so fast they don't even know what I'm doing, but, you know... I know what I'm doing and why it's helping them. So in any version of Outlook, the first thing you want to do is, let me get my Outlook open here. You want to go into the folder list and right-click on the, the top folder, go down to Data File Permissions when you right-click, and go look at the folder size. Okay? That tells you what the accurate amount is in the mailbox. So right now, mine says 2.9 gig. Then you go and click on the advanced button. Now, if they have a server, uh, it'll show you the Microsoft Exchange server. But if it's a PST or, or just a regular OST file, it'll probably show you the location where that is. And what I tell people is to go look at it and compare the sizes. Now, because Microsoft Exchange carries a lot more weight because it has everything in the OST file, it's it should match closely, but nothing ever matches 100% no matter what. But I mean, if it's off a few gigs, then something's wrong. But if it's off like one or two, it's probably okay. But like the job I was talking about earlier, 13 gigs was way too much. Something was definitely wrong. So uh, that's the first thing I do is just to make sure. And also with like older versions of Outlook, 2003, seven, up to 10. You want to make sure that they're not packing that PST or that file full. And a lot of times you have no idea 
what they have in the subfolders. So I always recommend to go peek, and then you can see, wow, they're on Alert 2007 with 11 gigs. That thing's about to blow. So that it would actually be for you. Okay, look, we have to cut out some of the fat here and clean that down and put your outlook on a diet, and, and that's where you do a lot of the tune-up work is removing. Now, this is serious. You have to back it up first, but you remove the scent items, deleted. Go through the folder list, go see what's kind of holding a lot of mail. You ask the client what they don't need. And, well, that's silly because they need everything. Well, of course they need everything. We're email hoarders. So you have to tell them, well, look, it's going to be in another file down below. It's not going to be off your computer. Then they're okay with you moving email. And sometimes you just have to tell them, look, you have to move mail. You're about to blow this baby up. So then they go, they surrender and say, okay. <laughs> so that's one thing you do is check the sizes, make sure that you're not blowing up an Outlook file. Uh, 2010, like, can safely hold eh, up to 10, but after that, I don't trust it. Now, 2013, now that baby can hold some mail. And 2016 is just still too new for me to figure out how much it can really hold. But I've seen 2013 hold 20 plus gigs on a PST file just fine, and I've seen it do an exchange server in the 40s, and it worked like a breeze. So I know that for sure, you know, the exchange server on 2013 is good. Um, 2016, I haven't really had any problems with too much yet, except that it has to have uh, auto-discover for the uh, account setup, but we'll talk about that maybe on another show. But anyway, back to the tune-up. So uh, the size is important. Make sure there's no corruption. Make sure that the email is distributed between two folders evenly. And then you want to go to the file options. And here I do a few things almost on every computer. It's like when you take your car to the shop and they go do the things. I just do this every time. I go to the trust center and I go just, uh, let's see, trust center. I pick on the trust center button. I uncheck don't download pictures. You know, that show that makes it so the pictures show up for people because they don't like the red X. And to me, that's such an eyesore. So I just make that happen. Then I go to the add-ins and I click on at the bottom, manage com add-ins. I hit go and I make sure that that the junk is gone and some people have like all everything checked and I bet you anything if they have every single thing checked that their outlook is not opening fast at all so I pretty much because I know all the programs it works with I go and uncheck um, everything I know they don't need so if they only have exchange I just keep that if they have iCloud you keep that of course then you hit OK then if you want to, you can go check the disabled items, too, and go find out, uh, you know, sometimes if all looks not working right, you have to go enable the stuff that got disabled. And then in the options area, you can go to advanced, and down almost to the bottom is a little display, disable hardware graphics acceleration. Um, you can go ahead and check that box and get rid of that because most people don't need that. I think I've talked to you about that anyway in the past okay so those are some things I do for sure and then I go in and look at their calendar 
and I go see how many calendars they have. And uh, a normal person should just have one. <laughs> Someone who's got a big Outlook mess might have four, five, six, seven, eight. And to me, that's a that's a you know cause for cleaning up. Now, the reason why they have so many calendars is because they have so many PST files open. So generally, as a rule, if someone's using um, a PST file for their inbox, they really only need one PST file. But a lot of people hold on to data, and what happens is throughout the years, they've got six PSTs open that are just full of duplicated archive stuff that they never open, but yet Outlook, because it had a calendar at one point attached, it has the calendars. And it has extra sets of contacts. So what I do is I go through each one with each person and say, look, are you ever going to read that again? And if you need to, you've got other copies here. And I just help them clean it up pretty much. And people are actually very thankful in a, in a tune-up to, um, to get free of all that extra clutter. And um, the other thing I do is I go through their inbox. And I look to see how many items are in there. And an Outlook tune-up could and should include getting that inbox tidied up a little bit. Um, people generally use it as a database, you know. To me, an inbox means money, and I keep mine very tidy. But a lot of people have 10,000 emails, and they have no problem leaving that there. But see, I tell them, look, let me go back six months. Let me put the rest into a PST file and get it off your server. This, I mean, I haven't even used... The danger word today, it starts with an I and ends with a P. <laughs> For once, I didn't have any work this week, including that word. But anyway, you take the email out uh, of the server and it doesn't have to synchronize, and that helps email flow just much faster anyway. And then, oh, excuse me, let's see. Uh, you know what? And that's kind of it for what I do a tune-up, I mean, well, like I said, people hire me to fix a lot of stuff. And to me, I have to do the tune-up anyway to fix it because it's just part of what I have to do. Like I said, no one calls me for a tune-up because they're, they're – I've, I've tried promoting Outlook tune-up. It just never flew. I haven't had it on my, na my nav bar on my website, and it didn't fly. No one even asked for it. So if it don't work, give it up, you know. All right, let me check my notes here, guys. I think we're about done with the show, what I had to tell everybody about. Um, again, happy about my um, sponsorship with App River. I just can't even tell you guys how awesome that felt. <laughs> that means I actually did. I succeeded. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know who's listening to my show. I, I, I love the feedback. If anybody has feedback for me, feel free to email me, um, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And I love questions, and I try to help my, you know, help as much as I can. Just keep in mind that if you email me during the day, that's kind of my hot time because I'm literally chained to my desk here all day, and I, I can do so much. But um, I'm just happy people are listening and calling them because they're so great to work with, and I'm really happy, you know, that uh, you're getting good support, your clients get good support, and nobody has to sit on the phone with Microsoft for hours. <laughs> I don't do that anymore, you guys. <laughs> no more. All right. Well, I think I'm going to close up here. Um, if you got some Lisa Lovin, send me that email. Tell me what you'd want to hear. Ask me questions. I'm going to have to start having some guests on, I think. 
uh, interestingly, I went to um, a podcasting meetup here in Las Vegas, and it was very interesting. There's two people that do a show here together, and they um, started a meetup, and I went, and I wanted to learn, and they had a really nice presentation of podcasting notes, which I'm going to go through over the weekend here, of just things you can do to make your show better, fine-tune it, um, just little tips and tricks because they've done, you know, I think they've done over 100 shows or something. I'm at, like, show number 63, by the way. <laughs> um, not total for this this uh, show, but in general. And um, then uh, they kind of recommended that you put on a guest. And I, I know I've had guests in the past, but I think if I put on a guest, I'd like to do it at the end of my other stuff. So I'm going to try to work that out. So if you guys want to be on my show and talk about Outlook or your experiences or a migration or just want to be on to talk about how do you even get started, I'd love to have you on. Shoot me an email. Let me know. All right, gang, and also if you want to buy my ebooks, I still have them on sale till the end of the year. I decided to run that sale out because I think there's some people grabbing it still. Uh, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash publications and check out that deal there. It's $24.99 for all six books. Okay, let's check my notes again. I think I'm good here, gang. All right, this has been a Podnuts production, audio supported by Mitch Hammond. Thanks again to our sponsor, App River. Be sure to check out other Podnuts podcasts, Podnuts Daily, Android App, Addicts, Linux for the rest of us, and the Geeksters. And, um, yeah, I've been on Twitter a little bit lately. Follow me at callthatgirl. Excuse me, just callthatgirl. Facebook, I'm there. And I think that's all on G+. Anyway, that's it. Thanks, folks. See you next time.